to kick off another fun week. It's going to be fun. I decided. <laughs> some of you are back to work and some of you aren't. I am currently, I mean, technically off of work of my day job. However, I have a pretty ambitious list of things I want to get done today with the conference and, you know, I'm going to beat that website. I will win. I just hope I win by the end of today. That would make me the most happy. All right. Today's reading, of course, starts out with a quote from someone whose name I cannot pronounce. I mean, what fun would it be if I could? It's I, I, A, I, I, B, N, Abu Talib, Talib. Anyway, he says, he who, he who has a thousand friends has not a friend to spare. When we entered recovery, we had buddies we drank or used with and people we hung out with, but often no one we could really call a friend. For a long time, we hadn't been friend material. Too poor in body, mind, and spirit to be generous, we weren't even a friend to ourselves. How could we be a friend to someone else? Finally, we just gave up on having friends. Our attitude became, who needs them anyway? Then we began to recover and one day realized we had had friends, good friends, friends worth loving. And the most amazing thing of all, they loved us too. We could have a friend. We could be a friend. No longer unreliable and ungenerous, we could give of ourselves. No longer needing to buy another's, another's love, we can accept love from others. No longer needing to buy another's love, we can accept love from others. No longer suspicious about people's motives, we can accept friendship. In learning to love ourselves and others, we began to accept that other people could love us too. Now we can trust ourselves to be good to our friends. With a growing, of circle, with a growing circle of people to choose from, we can risk, risk being ourselves. Knowing that whatever happens, we can handle it. What a wonderful feeling of security and confidence we have now that we found friends. Today, help me appreciate my friends and help me be a good friend to others. So it's another one that whether, you know, you're drinking or gambling, I think, I think it's applicable to both. However, for gamblers, my experience has been collectively that when we're gambling, we don't really have friends. Like with alcohol, you might socially have friends. And not everybody. Um, you know, some people drink home alone every night. You know, it's not about the friends and the socialization. My drinking really, it tend, tended to be when I was out, you know, I always drink at dinner or events or golf or whatever. Um but the gambling, oh, no, no, no. The gambling, once once I got really entrenched in it, you know, I mean, I always still, it would be social, but that was just to manipulate situations. I just wanted to go, so I'd let people come with me. And I will say I've had some good quality time in, you know, the hour and a half, two-hour ride to the casino when I was in Connecticut um, with my mom and with my cousin and stuff when we went. But once I was there, I was, you know, I was horrible. 
no friends, no people. Let me isolate. Let me do my thing. And I remember how hard it was to try to be engaging when I was gambling. I also used, I, when I played um, poker, we used to play in the back of a bar. So I think I actually drank in that situation. I, was, I wasn't a big drinker and gambler at the same time. And there was, you know, I would call those people my friends. My friends who were more than willing to take my money if I wasn't, um, you know, if I wasn't winning or whatever. You know, they had no problem. I'm trying to think of the right word. No problem with, you know, knocking me out of a hold'em tournament or, or whatever. So what what I've always been very grateful for and I've recognized through my recovery my my friendship stuff's a little weird. Like, I think I've always had um, friends or connections, and some stronger than others. And I had different pockets of circles and or circles of friends. Like, I might have, you know, the Zumba bucket, my golf friends, my program friends, whatever. Like, all these different circles. And a lot of times they could cross over, but maybe when I was, well, definitely, when I was still gambling, I wasn't as good of a friend as I could have been or should have been. I, re I remember so many times, like one in particular, I was visiting from Kansas City and I was meeting my friend Debbie and I was late. And the reason I was late was because I wouldn't leave the casino. I thought I'd factored in a little, you know, enough time. I'd, I'd snuck in for the hour or whatever and an hour turns into an hour and a half. And, of course, it all depends on how it's going. And so I wasn't a very good friend. And what I'm finding in recovery is those same friendships. So that was a couple years ago. Um, and I've been friends with, with Deb since 2004, three, four, when I met her. Um people like her or anybody else that I might not have had an immense amount of time with now when I do visit and and talk to these people it's on this level that's so authentic and and my relationships are better that way I don't need to see everybody you know every week I just I wouldn't have the time to do that and I'm not saying that from a place of I'm just really popular it's just that I have a lot of people in my life and I care about them. So when I have to manage my time, like I said, I noticed that the quality of these relationships are, are just so much better. It's not about, it used to be, and I remember reading something about this or hearing about this when it came to relationships or as a person to have value, you don't just say what you do. You say how you feel about what you do. Which is what I'm trying to do with you guys when I talk about my day. How it makes me feel or how it relates to my recovery. But when you start taking away just the list of, okay, I went to the store today. I did this. I hung out with so-and-so. I called my mom. When that changes into... Instead of a 10-minute talk about what we've done, 
maybe it's a more, okay, well, I talked to so-and-so today, and we really got into, you know, how we felt about, and I'm not saying gossip or anything, but how we felt about, I don't know, how a movie impacted us or how our mood was that day, whatever, just just substantial substantial conversation and meaning in the friends in the friendships I think that's what's different for me the most when it comes to the people in my life and then there's you know there's some people that may fade away when you recover and again that's okay because if you're tempted or they're a trigger or there's not a lot of value in you progressing and trying to move forward, then maybe they don't need to be in your life. Not that it has to be like a mean thing. I'll admit I was nervous with um, quitting drinking that some people maybe don't, I'm sure nobody loves me as a drunk, <laughs> but is there going to be things that, you know, maybe if I'm not drinking, are they going to be uncomfortable drinking if we were at a situation or maybe they don't think I'd have fun or whatever. And I was even having some of that like, oh, you know, would I go out, you know, to a Christmas party or a night out at the bar or whatever. And I've been in a couple situations. Of course, lockdown has shortchanged that. And I think that the sober trip I went on really taught me the value of the experience is sober, the things that you see with your eyes open when you're not drunk or not in gambling kind of has that trance to it too. So if I was still gambling and I went on this no alcohol trip, I probably would have been thinking about and looking for casinos deliberately. You know, I would have held us up getting across the border when I ended up in that casino that I didn't know was there or I would have been buying whatever Cambodian scratch-off tickets, or I don't even know if they were Cambodian, whatever country. There was, like, a lot of their version of instant tickets at the border. I could totally see that I would have, like, alienated myself from the group because I would have been hyper-focused on the gambling. And even when we were not exposed to it, my brain would have been thinking about how to make the next bet instead of enjoying you know, the architecture and the elephants and the temples and all those things that made the trip so special. And the people and the friendships. I would not be connected to those people if my brain was still caught up in gambling. So just another reinforcement that your life gets better when you don't gamble. Your friendships become stronger and I think, I mean, if you choose to make it that way. It's not like a by default, okay, I quit gambling, so now I have more meaningful relationships. But having a clear mind and when you take care of yourself, it shows. So you have a much better chance of having strong relationships, meaningful relationships, and also house cleaning a little, you know, getting rid of the people who don't serve you that are maybe triggers or aren't positive and, and just don't need to be impacting your life, you know, if they're not bringing good to you. It sounds selfish, but if you're not protecting your recovery and yourself, 
then chances are you might not exist or you're not existing wholly. So, yeah, be selfish about it. Protect yourself. Okay, lecture over. <laughs> I guess that one got away from me, too. Seems to be a habit in the morning lately. Well, I am going to go build a website, people. I hope that by the time I check in with you tonight, I have really good news about it being done. And I'm saying, hey, go look at it. We shall see. I hope that everybody has a good Monday. And we will talk later. Thank you, people.